Okay, I don't know what part cut out, but I mean, we can. We if if it got to the part where I said let's get into the show, we can just get into the show. Let's get into the fucking show, guys. Welcome to the Shiv and Eddie show, the first fucking pod that will be released. Um, we could do an episode one day about why we started doing this shit, but for now, I think we just keep it at that. And uh, yeah, let's get right into it. So, one thing that. I'll let Shiv kind of talk about is uh, this guy named Michael Burry. So if you haven't seen the movie The Big Short, the Michael Burry guy is kind of the main. And it's what the movie is based around. And um, he's basically this American investor, head fund manager and uh, physician. And um, he founded this head fund that basically called out the stock market crash of 08. And everyone thought he was a fucking idiot. And it turns out he wasn't. Um, so I don't know much about him, but I think my co-host here does. So I'm gonna let him talk about him a little bit. So, yeah, I, if you haven't seen the movie, I mean, go, go watch the movie. It, it's got, it's got Brad Pitt, Steve Carell, Margot Robbie, uh, Ryan Gosling, uh, and then, um, or no, um, yeah, Christian Bale. Yeah, you got it. Christian Bale plays, plays Michael Burry. And if you're not too familiar with finances or the 2008 crash, I would go watch that if anything that Eddie or I say is, uh, is unfamiliar to you. But uh, Michael Burry is back. Uh, the guy who called the housing bubble of 08. Um, if we have older than 22, they will definitely know what we're talking about. Um, if you're younger than 22, though, you definitely went through it, but you probably, or maybe you don't know how bad it got. Um, markets normally go up, and then sometimes they go sometimes they went down a lot. And it was for a very, very weird reason that too many, too many loans on mortgages and, the, and buying a house. And, 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 and very short, basically, when you are a bank. And you want to lend money to someone who wants to buy a house. Probably your parents, yourself, someone you know, is uh, paying a mortgage on a house that they own. And so they technically own the house, but obviously not that many people have the hundreds of thousands that it costs to buy a house right out the bat. So they go to a bank and they say, I need a loan. And that loan's called a mortgage. Well, there were, at a certain point, there's only so many people that you can allow as a bank to uh, borrow money from you uh, because then it just becomes unsafe. You get people who have low credit scores and we'll get into credit in a different episode. You got people who uh, just don't have good money management and it's very clear to the bank that that's apparent. So they don't let them get a loan. Um, well, at some point the banks need to make money off these loans. So they, they get, a, they, they start allowing people with worse and worse credit, worse and worse money management to buy houses and they package them up into bonds and they sell them. Essentially what Michael Burry did is he shorted those bonds and made a ton of money, uh, a ton of money on it. And he's back. Uh, he is back. He's saying that the crash that is about to happen is the mother of all crashes. And, um, you know, I know a lot, quite a few people that follow him. If you follow him on Twitter, he goes by Cassandra and currently has no tweets up because he puts tweets out and then he deletes them. Uh, if you've yeah, watched he, the movie, you kind of know who he is. Uh, and, and, and like you, that wouldn't be so strange uh, as to why he does that. But he's a very, he's a very strange guy, but a very smart guy. 
he's he's really cryptic in the way he tweets, and uh, I know plenty Very about cryptic. Michael Burry. He, I know plenty about Michael Burry because uh, let's say an acquaintance who uh, is is. <laughs> Is a very fond. Is very fond of Michael Burry. So uh, we'll we'll leave it at that. But and and, and, yeah, and I want to and I want to say one thing to to people who the, so there's going to be a lot of counts that you especially now who said where the you got people who every every few years someone comes out with a book someone comes out with a blog post a video that says the the next crash is the crash going to happen soon. Um, are we due for a correction? And while the COVID crash wasn't as bad as, a, as it should have been because of Fed monetary policy, the the thing about these people that you is not percent of the time they're wrong. And right, there's a word for people who think the stock market's going to go up in a positive in a positive direction. Those are bulls, and those who think it's going to go down, those are bears. And you know, bears get a very bad rap for a reason because. They, 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 they like people who are, who are prone to, to buy into, you know, conspiracy theories and, and are prone and are nervous about where their money is at currently in the market. That, you know, the world's going to go upside down and that we're going to start trading cattle uh, again uh, without money and, and like a bunch of crazy stuff. And 90% of them are wrong. You know, there was a really famous guy who came out with a book in 2011. I'm going to look this up real quick. Where the fingers tend to trigger fingers. I cannot. Hold on. Is this this guy? Actually, I won't. Okay. I don't know if it's the actual guy, so I don't want to, like, call this guy something he's not. But um, just look around. Go on YouTube and type in market crash. How many videos there are of people in the past six months, in the past year, after the COVID crash had already happened, saying that the stock market was really wrong? Because if you follow the stock market, even since you bought stock at the beginning of January 2020, you'd still you were still up at the end of the bought it in terms of what the S and P returned. The S and P returned, I believe, about 16 percent from January 2020 to the December 31st. So. You know, even during the worst crisis of certainly my life uh, and Eddie's too, you know, the stock market went up, you know, and you got to really be careful about guys like this. But the thing is with Michael Burr, it was right really, really big. What were you going to say? So what do you think is the biggest reason? Like for me, I'm not very uh, educated in the stock market, although I'm trying to be. So what do you think is like the biggest reason that, uh, the stock market has been so inflated, like, I would say since March of 2020, since COVID started. The Fed. So you got you to gotta think about the stimulus package. That helped stocks because people had security. People had money to go out and buy things. The bailouts for the, the, the companies, though, that was the biggest thing over anything. The bailouts were the big, like, they were the biggest chunk of that. A uh, few trillion dollars that we spent on the two, sti- the three stimuluses, um, was was bailouts and uh, or uh, and and such like that because those basically kept the companies afloat. Like if you really think about it, right? You owned an airline stock. The whole predication of owning a stock is that it will continue to earn revenue. Well, when the revenue of like an airline drops by eighty, ninety percent because no one can fly 
you would expect to fall 80, 90 percent and possibly go to zero because these airlines don't have money to survive without the demand for a couple months, maybe not even a month. You know, airlines are in so much debt uh, because it costs so much to, to actually have this thing oper- in operation that that they'd be they'd be ruined. Right. So so the so the bailouts were part of it. But what Michael Burry's saying now is that there's a few things at play at why he thinks the mother of all crashes is going to happen. And a couple things I agree with, even though I just guys that talk about the world ending, it's it doesn't hurt to take a take a look at what they have to say. And uh, inflation is the first thing that he mentions. Right. It, it, it's it's something that's been in the news a lot. So it's a hot explain, word. Been so, I mean, I'm going to cut you off a little bit too, Shiv, whenever. Uh, yeah. But so explain inflation for like myself or somebody out there who like doesn't know what it is. Okay. The way I explain, I would explain inflation to like, let's say someone in high school, right? So right. it costs, it, I'll say what it used to cost, right? So McDonald's has a, a value menu, right? And it right. used to cost a dollar chicken. It used to cost a dollar something. It used to cost, I don't know what, a dollar fifty, two dollars for a hamburger or something, right? Yeah, it doesn't that, cost yeah. that anymore. It costs like two dollars something for a McChicken. It costs it costs uh, like three dollars for a hamburger. You know, you, you know, it, milk used to cost a dollar, right? Milk now costs two dollars and twenty cents, right? The value of the dollar diminishes over time because there's more dollars in circulation, right? If there is one gold bar in the entire world that a lot of money probably like infinite amount because there's only one right there's only one but when right. there's 50 million gold bars well now the gold bars work different so the value of the dollar is purely predicated on what you or i believe the dollar to be valued right so the, and the reason we believe five dollars is five dollars is because Number one, we already have as American citizens, most American citizens believe, right? Even not even Americans, but anybody in America that holds American dollars, people not even in America that hold American dollars, believe that this $100 is worth $100, right? And that's hard to understand. But when you think about it a little bit more, you got you to gotta understand when I whip out a $20 bill, how much is that worth? $20, right? No more and no less than $20, right? But the amount of things I can get with that $20 diminishes the longer and longer that there are, that there is money printed. Gas used to cost 25 cents. Now it costs like, I'll buy you, it's probably, what, three seventy three cents? Yeah, it's, it's around there, man. And even this gas station close to my house, because it's right off the highway, it's like almost four bucks, four, like 15. So they're taxing in, in like big cities. And I'm sure it's the same in like wherever you come from, if it's a big city. So right. And, and so the thing is, is that inflation is normal, right? Inflation is supposed to happen, right? It's supposed to happen at 2% a year, right? So something that cost a dollar, in theory, should cost a dollar twenty uh, the next year. The problem is, is we're already above 5%. And what the Fed is doing when they're releasing these, the Fed releases, the, the Fed is the, it's independent from the government. It basically controls the money supply of um, but what the Fed's doing is they're like omitting certain from the inflation metric. And one of the ways you measure inflation is a thing called CPI. CPI is a word thrown around a lot. 
and it's called the consumer price index. And those things I just mentioned, like milk and like your hamburgers and your, you know, maybe your kitchen appliances. And, and, and basically a CPI is an index of a basket of everyday goods, right? And that really determines how much it costs for a someone living in America to live. Right. It's essential items, everyday goods, right? So this, what they do is, is they're taking, the top 30% and the bottom 30% of inflation moves. Well, when you omit the top 30%, you omit a big portion. And that's why the Fed saying that, oh, this is nothing to worry about is just completely false. And so Michael Burry understands this, right? And he has been posting tons of graphs. I know you can't see his tweets, but go to the archive, just type in Michael Burry archive and you can look through his tweets. A lot of it's weird and cryptic, but one of the things he talks about is how there has been so much inflation. And I mean, we can get into how inflation hurts the regular person if you want to, or we can stick to um, more about more about what Barry's saying, but, um, but that isn't short is inflation. So I guess, so you're, so you're basically saying because month money is getting printed more and more, it loses its value because there's so much more of it. Right. Right. And um, so what people do the- during inflation periods is that they buy stock because stock will also rise in value with hope with inflation. People put their money into gold, you know, safe stuff or Bitcoin and, and, and it, you have your money out of us because the but what he's saying is, is that, Right. These stocks are predicated on people buying stuff. Right. Costco stock is where it is because a lot of people shop at Costco. Walmart stock is where it is because a lot of people shop at Walmart and every store that you can think of, Apple, Amazon, all of it. Right. Well, when people have less and less money and it still costs more and more for things. Right. It's not like people's wages have been increasing. Right. There's been a huge crisis about wages have stagnated and, you know, the price of a car used to cost like 15% of the average wage. And now it costs like 50%, you know, like it, it, it becomes a problem when people can't afford to buy things. So it's, it, so in a lot of ways, inflation affects every facet of the economy. Inflation affects everybody in every facet. Yes. So, so you were saying like cars cost 50% higher and that's true, right? Because I've been like, like looking at uh, what a used car like would would go for like maybe a 2017 2018 and like a lot of them are still in like the 20,000 to 26,000 dollar range right and that so brings like, up the counter argument because used cars is one of the things that has severely rised in in value right like uh, I'll give you an example the car i own is was was bought for in 2017 for 10 grand it is worth wow. 8 grand today right? It should be worth like six. It should be worth like five. If you think of the depreciation of a car. Right. This does not seem right. <laughs> it should be, right? Like two, it should be what? Every year? Well, no, not, not, the, not the exact figure, but just in general, right? You have a $20,000 okay. car and let's say in four years, it's worth 2000 You know what I mean? Like, right, that's right. not how it works, Right. But the problem is, right, that there are reasons for certain types of inflation. Like in the summer, I'm sure a lot of people heard the price of lumber was really hot. An old bed of mine, and it was completely made out of wood. And I was with my dad, and my dad's like, we're saving all this wood. You know how much this wood costs? And, you know, you look up how much, like, the wood just to make my bed was a couple hundred bucks today. 
in 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 a in a few weeks before that, it was like 60, 70 bucks. Is the market you know I mean? for one wood piece, still high? No, the market for wood went down. But the thing is, is because there was a shortage because of COVID, a lot of supply lines got cut off. The supercomputer chips in, uh, well, not supercomputer, but like the the, the conductor chips in cars, uh, there was a shortage of those. So that was the reason why cars there was a there was a a, a demand. Uh, because they couldn't produce enough cars because there was a shortage of the chip that goes into almost every car, right? Besides the overall economy, like with lumber, like with cars, but at the same time, everything's going up in price. Everything's going up in price, especially someone like, you know, myself, when like I track my own finances, I buy my own groceries, I do all that stuff, right? When I go, it's a lot more expensive now. And oh, yeah. For and sure. then, you know, getting into the mouse in inflation, rich as much as it hurts the poor, right? If you think about it, rich people, they don't really care that the price of milk went from two to three dollars. It doesn't right. really matter, right? Rich people were already buying the most expensive brand of milk in the most because they're rich. And that's not a jab at rich people. That's just what rich people do. I wish I was rich. You know, I buy, I go to Whole Foods. That's real nice. But people in lower socioeconomic areas, people who are not as privileged and don't have as much money, can't do that, right? You're buying the lowest, the lowest, cheapest thing you can find. But when the lowest, cheapest thing you can find is more expensive, and on top of the fact, most Americans are paycheck to paycheck. We know this, right? Most right. most Americans can't go one. Or they're fucked. They're behind on everything. They're behind on their bills. They're behind on their uh, their rent and all of it, right? So you, you got to think about if someone is very close to that line of like, here's, here's the amount of money it costs me to live for those two weeks, right? If someone is tightening that line and inflation hits at a very high level, right? They're now like underwater. They're, the cost is above that line of how much they're getting. And so people are going broke because inflation, they can't catch up to inflation, right? They're not right. paying your subway worker that much more uh, to catch up with this stuff. But so in, go ahead. in terms of, in terms of uh, world currency right now, the U S ranks in the nine or 10 range of uh, the most traded currency. So like the the U.S. dollar. What's first that you want? Yeah, the the U.S. dollar is the world's most traded currency because it's the primary reserve currency, right? So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what happens uh, if countries decide, you know what, fuck the U.S., fuck the U.S. dollar, I'm just gonna um, get rid of the U.S. dollar? So what happens if the U.S. dollar stops being the reserve currency? Well, you know, see, I'm very honest on this podcast. If I don't know something, I'll say I don't know. But number one, one thing I do know. Is that's not happening anytime soon. Okay. Um, the the U.S. They've got a lock on. That, it, it, they've got a pretty good lock on the world's reserve currency. Well, that's um, fucking number, good. Number two. Have that change. I took a whole industrial revolution for that to change. World War One, World War Two, when that started. That's when we started that process, right? In right. terms of what happens if they drop out, I don't exactly know. Um, you'll need a someone with a pretty good 
we're going to go. But in terms of our, our good friend, Mr. Burry, right? You're right. That's one of the many reasons that, you know, Burry is saying this stuff. And the other thing too is, is the over uh, valuation of stocks, right? Stocks right. have been going up exorbitantly high over the past few years. And the other thing about people saying, you know, they want to, uh, you know, there, there's going to be a crash. It's because of how far these stocks have gone. And every time we think it's going to go down, it just doesn't. It, it keeps going back up. And that it goes back to the Fed and stuff like that. But basically what's supposed to happen is every 10 years or so, there's supposed to be a really big crash. And it's supposed to happen. It's not like it's a... For people who are caught up in the middle of it, over overall economic condition, it's a it's a uh, what's the right word? It's a, just a byproduct of being in a capitalistic economy. It's the way our economy works, right? There was eighty seven. Right. There was there was two. Th- there was the the crash of oh eight. The problem is there wasn't actually a crash from oh eight until the COVID crash, right? And even so, the COVID crash didn't even count. That was thirty percent in like a couple months. The 08 crash was 50% and it took like three years to get that back. How much does a current president have to do with inflation? Like, like for example, um, I've been seeing on Twitter all the time, like Joe Biden just gets blamed for fucking inflation, right? Like, um, or like, I don't know, like if Trump were to get blamed for it, right? Like, it doesn't fucking matter, but I, I've just been seeing that a lot. How much does, like, an active president have to do um, with inflation increasing? That's the one thing about, you know, like, when you judge a presidency, and, you know, regardless, right? When you judge a presidency, you judge about any outcome of those events and did those events help the United States or hurt the United States, right? It takes years. Right. Economics is like a turtle. Right. And when like big disasters like 08 happened, it took a lot of years of just number one fraud and number two, just disastrous economic choices for the whole thing to come. Like when a, right. when a house is built on a bad foundation, you may not find out for a couple of years. Right. So, yeah, whether you put the blame on the inflation on, on, on Trump or Biden or whoever it is, it. It really is mixed in, too, with the Fed. And the inflation is just a byproduct of the bailouts. The problem is, is someone credibly make an argument for why we shouldn't have had a bailout? Because it's very easy. Why are we spending all this money when you can still go and your car still runs and you can still service it? And if you needed a flight to wherever, you could still get on that flight and you know, when you order something on Amazon, it gets here in two days. It's very easy to say, why are we printing all this money? But if those things didn't happen, who knows where we'd be, right? Right, it, because let, let's say, like, the government doesn't send out stimulus checks. What happens then? Like, no one mm-hmm. has money, right? So. Right, and, and like, I, obviously, I don't know the exact metrics of what happens and what doesn't happen. But it was one of those things where it was like, something needs to happen right now. We need to fix this problem right now. Um, and worry about the future later. The problem is the future's here. <laughs> you know, we printed 40% of the money we've ever printed in one year. Okay, that's going to hit you real fast. Right. Right. And the economy is just not ready 
for such drastic change like that. And it's one of the reasons where I believe there will be a market crash. The difference between what, uh, what I'm saying and what a lot of the touts online are saying is that I'm not fearful, right? I, I, I know it's going to happen. I know it's going to come and I'll be ready. Everybody else be ready for it. I wouldn't be, you know, if you did your day, your two, every two weeks, you throw your little portion of the stock market. Sure. There's an argument to be made for also, by the way, this is not financial advice, uh, but there's an argument to be made. To get know, that to one out of the way, Shiv. Yeah, yeah, you just gotta get that out of the way real quick. Uh, I'm a 22 year old. Uh, uh, I would graduate with a bachelor's degree. Okay, so he's a, he's a 22 year old. He's a 22 year old accountant, so he he knows what he's talking about when it comes to money. I'll give him that. But that that helps. That um, helps. But yeah, you said so. You said 40 percent of the money this year. Has been printed. all the money printed last year, uh, or uh, if it was 2021, I think it was 2020. The money printed every United States history got printed last year. Jesus Christ! Yeah, that don't sound too good. That don't sound good at all. Yeah, that just sounds no. like someone's trying to cover their ass in the White House. It does. It does. And, like uh, that, that shit reeks. 40, it does. It does. Forty percent yeah. in a year of all the money that's ever been printed is this sounds terrible. And you know, there's arguments for both sides. You know, blame Trump for the inflation. Say, well, all this stuff happened. All the all the money's printing happened under Donald Trump. Well, the other side of it is too. Like, what was he supposed to do? You know, like it, it's yeah. not like Trump was in these rooms, and it's not like Biden's in these rooms either, right? A lot of these decisions get made in Congress, and a lot of these decisions get made over at the Fed. That's what that's what they're for, you know. Um, but we can get into what the role of the president is in my eyes. And I mean, a different podcast. they're more of a figurehead. Uh, I mean, they, they definitely are, but I think the divide between like Republican and Democrat right now is the biggest it's ever been for sure. See, the thing is with that statement though, is that is, we've heard that our whole lives, right? Like in 08, we right, heard but the divide extent, between right? the Republicans and the Democrats. And then in 2016, we really heard the divide between the Republicans and the Democrats. And then in 2020, we heard the same thing, you know, like, Right, but I feel like there's this. Go ahead. I I think because when we were kids, right, like social media was just becoming a thing, right? Like it wasn't wasn't super prevalent, and everyone would get their information off the news when it came to right or left, whether you listen to Fox or CNN, right? But like now, the thing that I'm noticing is with social media, the divide has definitely grown, in my opinion, because now you have visualizations of what each side is and what they believe in. And then you have like those extreme people on both sides that take it to the extreme level that kind of like have built a wall uh, in, in between both political parties. So like for me, I think social media has definitely exacerbated the, the entire right versus left, like argument debacle, whatever you want to call it. But I don't know how you feel about that. I mean, I, I, there's no debate on that in terms of social media exacerbating your opinion on something, right? Like, yeah, think about the algorithm that Google, Facebook, and Twitter, you know, all them use, right? right. It helps out a lot when, like, I look up, I want to buy a poker set, right? And I look up a poker set on Google, and all of a sudden I get all these ads about a poker set. And I'm like, oh, that looks cool. And that's when it's really good. When it's bad is when, like, you watch two Ben Shapiro videos or you watch two CNBC videos and all of a sudden you just get flooded with videos and opinions and posts from that specific side. And, you know, you don't look at the post 
they're stupid because the guys you listen to say that they're stupid, right? right? And I think what everyone needs to do is just, I think people need to just do their own research and actually take a step onto what the other side is saying, right? You look yeah. at it as like, look at each issue as, as its own thing. And obviously like most people aren't one side or the other. That's the funny thing. When you pull you ask political affiliation based off a bunch of questions, you know, that uh, like those questionnaires, right? And yeah. you like, you don't ask like, are you Republican? Are you Democrat? Right. Then, but when you ask these like questionnaires, you'll see that most people fit in the middle, right? We're, we're not, we aren't, a, we, 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 we look like a black and white society on online, but in reality, you know, someone who is, you know, maybe considered a liberal in some people's in another you know like most people have like maybe someone is for abortion but they're not for you know the voting rights bill or whatever it is right like right. people have different issues on different things now yeah people tend to go on one side or the other but i mean i, I agree with you i think it's it's exacerbated a bit but i don't i mean i don't know how you would stop that i don't know i don't know what do you do you a uh, two-party system is flawed and if so what do you think's a solution to it yeah i mean i think two parties isn't right you know i, I mean but the problem is it's like it's like big corporations right like event like you could be a smaller party and that's great and you can have your two thousand people that that listen to you a lot and the problem is a lot of the smaller parties are completely wacko okay like completely out of left field or right field and it just doesn't make any sense for them to have a representation in Congress. But, you know, like, for instance, the like, like libertarians, for example, right? Like, right. some of those was, guys' values aren't bad, right? I was actually going to bring that up because um, I, I, me and you, we both watched the Joe Rogan podcast. One of the things that, that like, kind of caught me off guard was him saying that he voted for Joe Jorgensen, who was a libertarian candidate. Um, he did? Yeah, he he on his last podcast with uh, Patrick Bet David, great podcast by the way, too. Like really, oh, right, yeah. motivational, a lot about politics, and actually like really similar to the conversation we're having. And uh, yeah, Patrick Bet David asked him um, if if he voted for Trump because I think Patrick Bet David was trying to get at that Joe Rogan's definitely more on the conservative side, which he is. But uh, Rogan said no that he actually didn't really agree with a lot of the stuff Trump did and that he voted for a libertarian candidate, Joe Jorgensen. And, you know, I think if more people did that, we would, it would raise some eyebrows, but like, Oh, for sure. But like that, and, and like Rogan can't really get that political. Like that was a direct question, but like he, the few times he does, right. Like when he brought up the Bernie thing out, cause they were like, Oh, Joe Rogan, like endorsing Bernie Sanders. And then the next yeah. week he says something, semi pro Trump not even and then all of a sudden they're like Joe Rogan's the biggest the biggest Trump guy you know I like the I like the public outreach of the third party the whatever party he decided the libertarian party and like I think a lot of people would, would fit into the libertarian party um in terms of their values right and you think of what right, the libertarian sure. is right they believe that like everyone you are responsible for your own thing. Like, there's a big thing from libertarians about how, like, they want to legalize all drugs, right? Because, like, who are you to tell me how I should, like, live, live my, my life, life, right? Yeah. 
And there's and a there's a segment actually, in that. When you hear that, you're like, hell yeah, who who the fuck are you? Right? You know what I mean? Like, right. it, basically, it, it, like, it, basically, make your own decisions, and your consequences are your consequences. They shouldn't affect anybody else. I think, right? right? Like, that's a, a a way of putting it. And uh, and the thing too is, like, Barry's not talking about politics, right? It he'll would mention take, like, people. Would he'll mention people. What would you say? No, I, I'm no. I'm, go ahead, go ahead. I'll I'll ask you that after. Well, in, in short, it's like you know, he's not he's not. He's just a market capitalist, and like you can be that. You know what I mean? You can like to me, I'm a market capitalist with a few views on the left and on the right that a lot of conservatives believe in, and I also believe right. And it's it's like, right. but moreover, my I'm a market capitalist, private market. But yeah, go ahead. I I was just kind of going back to the libertarian thing. I was gonna see like, what do you think it would take for like a third party to emerge, like the libertarian party? Like, for me, I think it'd be a really fucking strong candidate, one who like people know. Like, if like, let's say a Hollywood actor, a guy the like Rock. Trump, people, right? The like, Rock. Ima- imagine that, I like want- the Rock. Like, imagine The Rock runs for the Libertarian Party. You know how many people would probably turn their head and say, you know what? Fuck it. I'll vote for The Rock. Like, a I decent mean, I'd take a look. I'd take I a would look. definitely it's take not a like, look, man. Like, you got to think of guys that run for president. Are, they're not the smartest. No, man. They're, they're just they're not, great. They're not. Most of the time, they're great public speakers. Um, and... I mean, I, they're they're more I, yeah they're they're more of a public figure. They're they're great at public speaking. Uh, they're great with people, but you know that we haven't had that really the most recently. So, but go ahead. Ship. Yep. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Man. No, I got I got cut out. I got cut out. But I heard I heard the your point. And that, that's pretty much, yeah, that's pretty much uh, how I look at it, too. Like, they're really good at public speaking. You know, like, like you got to look at, look at Reagan. Look at, look at Bush. Look at, look, I mean, look at Obama. Obama was one of the greatest public speakers I've ever seen. I mean, Obama was really able to, like, you know, you know unite a crowd. Um, and it, it, his, his background is he's, a, he's got a law degree from the University of Chicago, right? Like, He's not a scientist. No. He's not like Elon. He's not like Elon Musk would not make a good president, right? Elon Musk is probably the smartest guy. If he stood in the White House, probably the smartest guy in there, right? No, for like sure. He yeah. built two mega billion dollar companies with a B, but he, he wouldn't be a good president, right? He's a super the genius. The president's a yeah. figurehead. Yeah, he's a super genius. You he's not really. He's genius. not really a good talker either. Like he's not a good interviewer. I will say. No. Yeah, you pay the super genius, but you get someone who can rally the troops as the president, right? The president is the guy. Like no, like we look at a soccer team, right? The the captain of the soccer team may not be the best guy, right? Like Ronaldo's gonna be the captain of the team, right? Because Ronaldo's the best guy, but he also rallies the troops, right? A lot of the times in soccer, it's like a midfielder, or it's a center back, it's a defender. They're not the best guy on the team. No. Right? It's not possible for them to be. They don't play a position where they, they're in the limelight like that. Right. But they're the guys that can rally the troops the most, dig yourself out of a hole, then that's your captain, right? The captain of the soccer team is the president, you know, of the United States in the same figurehead. So, like, 
you know, like as much as people want to bash Trump or bash Biden, right? Biden was more of the transitory guy, right? Biden doesn't really fit that role of like being that rally, that rah-rah guy. But, you know, like for instance, Bush was the rah-rah guy during 9-11, right? 9-11 happened. First thing Bush does, gets on the air. We're going to get him. Like, you know what I mean? Obama yeah. gets together. We're going to unite. We're going to have a, his big thing was change, right? And then Trump did the exact same thing. Biden's the more transitory guy. He kind of breaks that mold. He's very calm, reserved, very old. But he's, like, he's very calm, reserved, very old, and he can't public speak at all because he's yeah, yeah, bad. Yeah. It's rough. It's rough. Yeah, I, I don't. We can yeah. trash him on here if we want. I don't really care. I don't. I think he's. I think he's terrible. But whatever. I. I mean, I, when it comes to when it comes to stuff like that, I, I don't. Th- I don't think people are. It, it, like I look at it like when I look at sports, right? When you look at the NFL, a team isn't as good or as bad as their last performance, 100%. right? Yeah. Like a team. Like think about like the Texans, right? They just got blown out by the uh, by the Bills, right? They're not as bad as we, as everyone thinks they are, because of that game. No. And then I don't know who blew, who blew out a team last week. You can say the Bills, right? The blue, the Bills blew out the the Texans, right? And the Bills aren't as good as everyone thinks they are from that game, right? right. A president isn't as good or as bad as people, you know, make them seem to be. Uh, it, it, you know, there's 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 a there's a big side to both, and I think it's one of those things where now finally, right? People like my age, when you're at 22, we finally got to see the the full effect of what a president can do right because when you're in the middle of it you could think what you want right but it's really five years later 10 years later when you really know their effect on the world because history's happened right Mm -hmm. so i mean i don't i don't really particularly care for biden but um we'll see we'll see i mean i'm not going to be a fan anytime soon but um i'm not I'm not in the camp of people that just blame all their problems on the president. No, I don't. I no, then that, yeah, that's another thing too. Like you got to realize, it, for even for most presidents, it's really hard for them to make the big decisions because they'll always have a Senate or Congress that's opposite of whatever ever political party they are. So even when they want to do something uh, like effectively, it, it becomes hard for them to just because of the actual politics in in the in the game so you know who my president is who's your president bitcoin that's my president. bitcoin bitcoin so i fuck it bitcoin's at fifty three thousand right now what are your thoughts on that i know uh, you can't see my face but there's a big grin on my face <laughs> why would I that been... be did, did someone tell you to sell your bitcoin <laughs> uh yeah yeah someone did and oh uh, interesting I wonder. But uh, I didn't sell it because we don't sell. We hold, or as uh, they say on Wall Street bets, we hodl. We're <laughs> hodlers. Um, I was in at Bitcoin around 9,000 uh, and like Ethereum at 250, 300 uh, last year. Um, and like, I, I mean, I knew about it before, but I'm I'm all in on this now. Like I'm, I'm a full believer now. And I mean, like I never sold once I bought it. I never, I never sold it. You know, I kept it, um, and they, it's still sitting there today. And I accumulate. Uh, I haven't really been buying the past couple months because it's been rocky. It's been a rocky few months. I mean, if I got into a coma in May and I woke up today, I would have been like, <laughs> oh, this is, oh, so everything's fine. I mean, nothing's changed, right? Nothing changed over six months. There was a big dip in that during the summer. Big I was working big overtime. 
in the yeah. summer. You know what I mean? But like, to me, this is the stuff, man. If you're not in this, not financial advice. If you're not in this, I mean, you got to get in it. You got to get in it. I, I think that, so. The lowest it got, I think, was thirty in July. Yeah, it like touched twenty nine and bounced up. Yeah. Yeah, and now it's all the way back up to fifty three. What's the what do you think's the limit for Bitcoin? I mean, you know, that's like asking what's the limit for like Apple stock. To me, the sky's the limit. Okay. Really, and it, it but when you know when you say that though. I'm not saying like, you know, it's the same shit with the bears I mentioned earlier. It's the same shit with the bulls. Those guys that go out there and tell you like, oh, we're going to, you know, like we're going to get, we, we were supposed to be at 100K right by now, right? Like we were, we were you know what I mean? If you listen to the, the right people right. Or, or not the right people, but enough people, we're at like 100,000, the like, the like poverty's over and like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like. It, it it's never as good or as bad as it seems to be to, to me it was one of those things where the elon tweet kind of really took a damper on the bull run that they were on um that or that it was on and then it, it's one of those things where it's like a shift in in people who hold it right like you got guys who were trading this thing between 30 and forty-five thousand for quite a few months but there's enough people now well they're like oh yeah i'll buy into this thing and then they don't sell it and they just hold on to it, right? That's that, that's part of the reason why Bitcoin's really gone up so much, is when you look at supply and demand. There's a number one, there's a finite supply, and number two, a lot of the people that are buying Bitcoin aren't selling it. You know, like myself, like I'm not selling it. You know, there's a portion of my Bitcoin I use for for trading with other people and stuff and transacting, but there's the 95 percent of the Bitcoin that's not moving, right? It's staying in that wallet and it's staying in that wallet until I need to like buy a house. Or that, something, you know? Right. Is that because people are super bullish on this thing and they want to see it climb as high as it can go? Or what's the reason behind that? I mean, yeah, I'm super bullish on it. I want to see it climb as high as it goes too. The thing is though, is like there's two types of people that have this thing. There are people that hold it and they want to they wanna, you know, they wanna hold it, it goes up ten, fifteen thousand, then they sell it, and then it goes down five thousand, then they buy it. You know, well, that's an ideal situation. Not most people uh, can really do that. But and there's everybody else who it's like, I'm holding this as an investment. Like I look at this as I would hold Apple stock, right? Like I hold Apple stock and I'm not selling Apple stock. I bought Apple stock low during the crash and I'm not selling it, right? Like it, it's one of those things where you think about where you're at, where you look at it as like a, as a, as a section of your portfolio, right? Make it its own asset class, you know, call, call it cryptocurrency, right? It's, it's, it's different than a stock, but you treat it like you were, you would hold the stock. Right. Like you have your long term stocks that you believe in for the future. Like right. I don't see Apple going anywhere anytime soon. I'm recording this on an I- iPhone. You're recording this on an iPhone. Yeah. It'll probably upload it on an iPhone. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> people, the, the Mac's not going away as far as I'm concerned. Right. Like it, 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 I believe in this company long term and what, what they're going to do. So I hold the stock. I believe in the currency long term, especially being in like the difference between Apple and Bitcoin, right, is that Apple is past the ground floor, right? We're in other stages of its of its company cycle, right? It's it's in an advanced stage where it's looking to do different things very fast and groundbreaking stuff like this. It goes up and down really fast. See, well, Apple has the benefit right now because Apple's established itself as a household brand. Exactly. If you don't, exactly. If you don't have the iPhone or AirPods, you're poor. Like, that's what Apple has done, basically. So they just have kind of a lock on America's nutsack. 
when it comes to phone America, they got a lock on the world. They do. Uh, They do. And you know what? I haven't even like looked into how big it is other places, but it wouldn't surprise me if there's Apple stores in almost every. I mean, it's bigger. It's bigger out here. Like when you go, you know, outside the U.S., there's a lot more Androids. But that it's also because, you know, Apple is catering. You can buy an Android phone for like $200. The Android phone range goes from really low to really expensive like that, like the iPhone. It's minimum a grand for a new iPhone. That's expensive. That's expensive. You know, but you look at it. Think about this, right? Your phone is the only other thing, right? Not even your clothes travel with you as much as your phone does, right? You take your phone everywhere everywhere more than your keys more than anything else it's the only other thing that goes with you everywhere you go right even if you you leave your house without your keys someone picks you up you have your phone right you got your phone everywhere and it it it, 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 it's one of those things too where it's like apple's only gonna make the phone better (laughs) like the phone's not gonna get worse they're not just like oh hey 50 percent of the market share we're just gonna let it go what's with this uh like What's with this Facebook shit that's happening? Uh, see, that's one thing. I'm I'm not actually too. I've been super super busy, and with stuff like you know, like we, it's a whistleblower case. So basically, someone inside. If you don't know what a whistleblower is, a whistleblower is basically like it's basically the company snitch. The snitch. Uh, it's be real here, okay? It's the this company snitch. snitch, right? Yeah. It's someone that that basically leaves the company and they lawyer up at like and there's smaller whistleblower cases where like it's like I know my boss at this uh, small firm I work at over here is committing fraud. I'm gonna tell whoever it is, right? Then that that will never make the news, right? But at Facebook, it'll make the news, right? I watched so, the, uh, I, I did watch yeah. the sixty minutes on it and it was pretty interesting. So what what was it? What what was it a what was it? Uh, like, what so was she saying? Basically, she was a developer for Facebook for a couple years, and she just thinks that Facebook has lost kind of its integrity. Um, and although they're saying that they're like doing more and more to protect people and people's accounts, that information is just getting tossed around, and that you know, um, sh- like certain things like shadow banning goes on and um, how like political parties, like some things are endorsed by Facebook just because it makes the money. Does this and have then, to do with like that lab leak thing where like they, ba- they ban posts, people from seeing posts that were about like the COVID lab leak. And then like recently yeah. there was those articles about the lab leak and all of a sudden like, Oh, Hey, do you know, like it's going to come from a lab. Right. Like, like basically her biggest issue was that Facebook is, either a withholding information or b like controlling the narrative with their site um in ways that it's profitable and like one of the big things was um <laughs> is this it, a shock is this really a shock to people no i mean it's i mean i mean it sounds like it is it's on every it sounds like site. it is because it's national news now but like one of the one of the things that uh she said too was that um mean content so like content that makes people angry makes people watch it more so Facebook has catered a ton of like their content towards like things that'll like anger you. So like for example, like the uh, what happened on January sixth on the Capitol, like when people saw right. the Capitol, like that. Like apparently Facebook had a big uh, big deal to do with that because uh, it was spreading that information around. So like 
obviously take what I'm saying with a grain of salt too. Like this is not ex- everything I'm saying is not exactly a hundred percent verbatim what the lady no, said. Right, but, but... but for yeah, for the most part, um, angry content was like a big thing too that Facebook endorses. I think this whole thing with like people were originally mad at Facebook when they realized that their that their data was being used to profit Facebook, and then. My question to those people is, is how stupid are you? Like, you got to think about this, right? And this is why, like, people say, like, you can't look at everything in a business lens because it dehumanizes you. I don't care, right? Right. If something is free, right? If something is being given to you free by a business, Facebook is a business. Yeah. Facebook is not a, a, a groundbreaking, like, uh, 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 like uniter type deal, or it is, but it's not like one of these like, uh, like calling from God type deals where it's gonna like make everybody love each other again. You know, like it's a product. It's it's a vehicle for advertising, right? If mm-hmm. you are using a product from a business that's free, you are the product, right? Like people's data is the product that runs Facebook. They're going to show you a video that gets you angry because you're on Facebook more. You start clicking around on Facebook, right? They're not going to show you like, here's another video of the same soccer highlight you watched last week because that'll make you stay on the platform. Like, no, I'm going to watch something else. They're going to post something triggering that's going to make you want to repost it like, oh, I'm going to repost this. Can you believe this is ridiculous? Blah, 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 right? Like it gets people engaged on the platform, keeps you on the platform, which means I can show you more ads, right? That are catered towards you, right? This is all the whole thing about how like, oh, they're taking our data and stuff like that. I agree that there should be a restriction on the amount of data that they can take from you. But at the same time, like to me, if you think you're being exploited that bad, then don't use the platform. Right. And then, and then those same people still use Facebook and Instagram because it's great. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Like it, it helps you and it helps them. Right. Like I get the stuff that like creates a massacre is really bad and that needs <laughs> to be stopped. But this whole <laughs> argument about like, I don't like the fact that Facebook's watching me. You're on their site. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, like, yes, I agree. There are certain things that they shouldn't know about you and no one should really know about you. But just want you to remember one thing. Your phone knows those things. <laughs> the things you don't want Facebook and them to know, your phone already knows. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to think about how much you're I, – so I looked into like – because like, I just got the new phone, right? The new iPhone 13 or whatever. And like I looked into like the new things that they have, right? This phone tells me, right? This, is already, this already happened. This phone and every other iPhone, right? When you park your car, it tells you where your car's parked, right? Mm-hmm. Which means – it knows what time you got to a certain place. It knows when you left. It knows where you left your car, right? <laughs> it knows where you, how many times a week you go to the place. You know, it knows when you leave. It knows when you come home. It knows when you're stressed because it knows what apps you use. It knows everything about you, right? It, right. It'll, it'll, it'll tell you, you know, when like you have the Apple Watch. And I don't have this, but I know this happens. You have the Apple Watch and you fall, right? Or something like happens. It'll alert your family members, whoever's your emergency contact that like something sudden has happened to you. Right. Like we are in that advanced age of technology where like, they know, they know your sleeping pattern. 
right? You think your phone's not listening to you? I mean, this is not a conspiracy theory. This is just a fact. And I'm not like saying like, turn off your phone when you go to bed. My phone's on. My phone's on the charger and it can listen as much as it wants because it's going to listen anyway, right? You got to think about the way, the way Spotify suggests a new song to you. How does YouTube know what video you want to watch next? It's collecting data on you, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Hey, at the end of the day, you have to you have to think. If I really YouTube, don't want them looking let me, at this, let me stop you real quick. Shit, my bad. But YouTube is great at that shit. Because I'll oh, be it's sitting phenomenal, on, right? I'll be sitting on YouTube. I'll pick a video, and then I'll be there for like an hour, and I've watched four other videos that I didn't even click on, and it's just going to the next one that I would like am interested in. They're good at. That I shit. want you. I want you to think about trying something because this happened to me by accident the other day, right? So. I pay for YouTube premium. This is not an ad for them because the amount of YouTube I watch and I do the math on how much ad time I watch, it's worth the five bucks a month because I'm still technically a student, right? It's worth the money to me. Five bucks a month and never watch an ad on YouTube, sign me up, right? So part of their whole package is the their music platform, right? So you can watch a video while having the thing closed, right? right. So there's a certain playlist I make that has songs that I only found on YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was at the gym and I wanted to listen to one of those songs. So I clicked on it, right? Listen to the song. And then it auto plays to the next song. But this time it didn't auto play the next song. It auto played to like a new, uh, like a radio, right? Like normal Spotify, Apple music would do. When you're on Spotify, do you skip a lot? Do you, do you press skip a lot? when? You're yeah, for sure. Radio, I do. Right? For sure. Apple music. I had Apple music for a good six months. I, I did the same thing. Eddie, I didn't skip. I skipped one song in an hour and a half workout. <laughs> like every single song was a banger, right? And it's not like I listen to that much music on YouTube. I listen to all my music on Spotify, right? But for some reason, every single song was the song I wanted to listen to next. And you don't know what song you want to listen to next, right? Mm-hmm. Never did it go from Dior to Ric Flair Drift. It never did, right? Never on Spotify would ever do that. YouTube music, boom, right there. Try, I don't know. Try it out. You, you, Google's algorithm is, is insane. It's, it, it's, it's absolutely insane. It also helps. And this is the other part you got to think about that's kind of scary. How long have you had a YouTube account for? Uh, I, I, high school. Ladies and gentlemen, sure. that was the answer for a long time. Uh, high school. That's a long time. High yeah. school, right? So, I had my Google account, my YouTube account, since I was nine. Right? I was nine years old when I made this account. Which means not only has Google been collecting data in the past 12 months, they've known me since I was a kid. Right? They've known everything I've listened to. And it's like, you may not be able to go physically search the videos you watched in 2012, but they have it stored somewhere. Right? It's in some server somewhere. Like... How long have you had your iPhone? Probably since the beginning of high school. That's fucked. Yeah. And then you start <laughs> you use. Like, Dude, I've, looked, I've had a I've Twitter since some... 2013. And that's, that was, that's pretty late for having a Twitter. Uh, you yeah. know, we've had Snapchat for God knows how long, right? Yeah. Like, they, the, the one thing that, that why I'm okay with them collecting a good amount of data on me is number one, they were going to anyway. And number two, it's stuff like that. I don't have to, I can be so lazy where I don't have to make a playlist, really. I can just click a, a radio button and keep liking and disliking songs. That makes it even better. 
and and it pops out a video or a, a, a song that I like. And but then the problem is, is that that's just for music. And I think we're all OK with that. Right. Like, who doesn't want to listen to better music when it comes to videos of of, of uh, July or January 6th and invading on the Capitol? That's when it gets dangerous. That's when it gets real dangerous. Damn, man. Shiv, 